Welcome to Day Beautiful. I'm Adam Vitkavich, and this is a podcast where readers can discover debut authors. If you like what you hear here, check out daybeautiful.net for more author interviews and book recommendations. You can also follow us on social media at Day Beautiful on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Today's guest is the author of the poetry collection, If They Come For Us. They are a filmmaker, poet, performer. They co-created Brown Girls, an Emmy-nominated web series that highlights friendships between women of color. Their debut novel, When We Are Sisters, is out now. Please welcome Fatima Oscar. Hey, Fatima. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing very well. I am so excited to talk to you. Your debut novel uh, will be out when this podcast is out, When We Were Sisters. I'd love to hear from your perspective what the book's about. Yes. Um, I mean, that is such an interesting question. I actually just read this article that is so good um, that um, basically uh, is by, well, is by Yi Yun Lee. Um, it came out in Harper's and it was like about the idea of against aboutness, like, mm. and it just being like, what, because I've really struggled when people ask yeah. me, like, what is my novel about? And I'm like, um, I, uh, and it's like, because ultimately what I think my novel is about is it's about life. It's about following these three mm-hmm. different characters and particularly one in, in particular, the character of Koser, who's an orphan, a Muslim, South Asian, um, queer orphan who is navigating their life and basically their understanding of themselves through many different age brackets and mm-hmm. their understanding of grief, of family, of trauma, of inherited um, inherited relationships and how they're basically making um making amends with that. And so th- in terms of the aboutness of it, it's, it's really that like, it's, it's, I, I think of it as a extreme interior study um, a- as his character nav- navigates external situations that happen in their life. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, in terms of like, what is it about? I think it's about this character. I think it's about mm-hmm. this world. Um, and it's not really a sexy answer because it's not like me being like, it's about all of these things, you know, um, but it's, it, it it's, it's really, really this kind of, um, I think it's a, a book that is really about grief and is mm-hmm. really about, um, you know, this particular character's intersection with their family line and grief, the, mm-hmm. the grief that they experienced throughout their whole life. Yeah. Was grief a topic you wanted to explore when like is that something that you knew you were kind of going to write about once you sat down to write no I mean the book revealed itself to me in a very interesting way it was just like I started to write these vignettes the novel is very vignetted it's Mm -hmm. very told through a kind of fractured lyrical vignette system and um, I just started to write these vignettes and I was like, who is this character and what are they trying to tell me? And I just followed the vignette. So really a lot of, you know, and there's moments where we see Koser in extreme grief and there's moments we see Koser in extreme joy and happiness and lightness. And I think there's, um, there, there, I just kind of let the character show me what it wanted to mm-hmm. be about. And so even in the process of it, like people would be like, well, is it's about this or it's about this or is it? And I was like, it's not like it's it's mm-hmm. just it's just kind of what it is and and letting it unfold. And in terms of grief, I think grief is just an emotion that I feel like I feel a lot, and I feel like I know a lot of people feel a lot. And one that I also don't think is there's really a lot of space that's held around it en- enough in the West. Um, you know, in our Western societies mm-hmm. around like 
how, because a lot of times people think about grief as kind of a one and done thing. It's like, well, you, well, it happened and you were grieving it. And I was like, well, that's, that's not really my experience of grief. My experience Mm -hmm. of grief is one where it kind of is around constantly and it's wanting to be befriended and it's wanting to be held and it's wanting to show you things. And if you actually kind of allow it to do that, I think you get a much more fruitful relationship with grief than something. Then I think a lot of the ways that folks have kind of just tried to dissociate from it. How long from when you kind of start writing these vignettes until you realize Koser was a, a fully formed character and was who you were going to mostly follow? So Koser, so I started writing the vignettes in 2018 and mm-hmm. I think it was probably by like the spring of 2019 that I was like, this is this character and we're mm-hmm. going this way. And there were moments, you know, and it was interesting because in the book, like there were moments where there was a third person voice. There were moments where there was some other character voices cropping up, but really the bulk of it is th- is told through first person mm-hmm. narrator as closer. And so I think that that, um, that was something that um, I was like, huh, there's all these, there's these other things too. And they definitely belong in the book, but this is kind of the bulk of what is being shown to me. And so, and there were, you know, there were moments where in earlier drafts where there were other characters' voices in their eye perspective in certain ways. And that, that those I ended up cutting because I felt like it, it took away from the fact that this was really closer story that we were following. Mm-hmm. I, I love the idea of, you didn't necessarily say this, but not knowing where the book is going, you let it, I mean, you did say you let it come to you. Um, were, and with the idea of first person, third person, the different characters, were you comfortable just saying, yeah, whatever comes to me, Cubs, and that's what's going to be in the book? Or did you have to work to like piece those together? Um, I, I feel as though I'm a very intuitive writer. And Mm -hmm. so I, um, and I think that's the poet in me that's very intuitive. And so a lot of people are like, you can't write a novel without an outline or you can't whatever. And I was like, a lot of people do that. I I'm a TV writer too. A lot of people do Mm -hmm. that and I'm like y'all like I just be out here like you know and you know I know like outlines are important and things are important but once you get an outline is like a very loose guide and once you get to the page like your outline is kind of it's trash it doesn't matter you follow what it follows and so um I think that for me it was definitely a thing where I was just like I felt like I was like I I was just gonna trust the process and at moments the process was very murky and very mm. confusing. And it was like, how am I going to get out of this? I don't know. What do I do? What do I do? You know? And I think that that though is part of what art making is like, it's very, yeah. I don't know. It's I, it, to me, in my experience of art making, it's never been super linear. It's very, mm-hmm. you know, it's very, very kind of all over the place. It's very, um, it's very uh, circuitous and it, it it requires a tremendous amount of trust and a tremendous mm-hmm. amount of listening to your own intuition and allowing for what is meant, it, allowing for what wants to come forward. And of course it had to be sculpted. Like there were just yeah. moments where there was things, there was plot points, there was things I was doing that needed to be cut or needed to be refined. Um, and, you know, you had to be worked back and had to be chiseled out and um, in order to make like a kind of cohesive, narrative and a cohesive book and that I think is part of that that feels like very much a part of the process and Mm -hmm. um, but it really originally like the bulk of it and the majority of it came from intuition and it came from following that kind of intuitive voice yeah art is you know very intuitive and I'm going to ask a non-intuitive more scientific based question about the process when you when you say trust the process are you are, are you is that 
like overarching like oh okay like i'll worry about everything later or like when you sit down to write are you like is there a process like that you know you want to get to every day like what does that look like for you yeah um you know it's so it's also really interesting because it's such a deviation from poetry for me mm. like in poetry where it's like you write and the the, the attention is always on the line in in poetry you're yeah. always editing the line you're always re-editing the line you're always reading it you're always going back and with a novel, I had to suspend that because I was like, if I keep editing the line, I'm never going to get past like the first three pages. Like I'm <laughs> always going to be like editing the line yeah. and I have past it. And so there was kind of a way of allowing even the format of a novel to be different than the format of poetry and to be like, I have to just kind of surrender to that and be like, editing comes later. Like I'm not going to re-re, I'm not going to re-edit every time I show up to the page, you know? And there there were certain processes I did. Like I was like, you know, um, I think this is kind of a standard one, but like write 500 words every day, like just like at least like show up to the page and write 500 words and see what you can get. There were moments where it was like, I have a deadline and I have to kind of go forward. There were moments where it was like, ooh, I'm rearranging things or this thing needs to be here or maybe it's this thing here or or maybe, I, maybe I'm, you know, going to completely cut this section. And I think what I mean when it's like trust the process is trusting, um, trusting that you know more than anyone else what your book is meant to be and so even as you're mitigating notes and even as you're mitigating people's Mm -hmm. feedback learning how to be like this is what I want to do and uh this is the bold ass thing I'm gonna do and um and I'm just gonna try it and maybe maybe it'll work and maybe it won't but at least I'll have the experiment of trying and I'll be able to assess for myself you know what where it where it ends up and so just kind of trusting that and trusting that you know there's a moment to me too where like and I felt this with I felt this with it become for us as well with the poetry book where the when the book isn't there's a moment where it locks where you're it's and to me it's about the point where it's probably like 85 percent 90 percent done and Mm -hmm. the book clicks and you see it and you're like oh it's a book like I see it it's a book and Mm -hmm. I have to edit and I have to do all the stuff we've got we're months away from it being done but now the book is it clicked and it, it it now makes sense and it's and it's in its own integrity like it makes sense but before that you feel wild because you're just like ah I don't know it's a it's a book but like quotation mark book but it's not really (laughs) a book and it's not working yet it's not it's not clicked yet and then that moment that happens and I think that process is different for every single book and so also when I mean like trust the process I mean like trust that you're going to find it for each individual piece of art that you're making you know when did this book click for you it clicked um it clicked when I found the ending. Hmm. It was, I really struggled with the ending for a while. And there were some parts that I was struggling with around the structure, the formal structure of it. And the, cause it's, it's not only is it vignetted, it's, it's told in, um, there is a, you know, certain segments of it and certain mm-hmm. chunks. And it didn't click for me until I found that until I found what the ending was going to be. And the structure really made sense. Like I was like, Oh, now I see it. Like Mm -hmm. now it's a book and now there's these clear arcs and now I can see this thing and the gestures are there and I can edit into the gestures. I can see where we're going with that. Um, So the, and that didn't happen for me. And I kept delaying, like everyone else was like, 
we think the book is really good. Like we think we should win. And this happened with a big compress too, where they were like, I think we should move it. And I was like, no, it's not mm. ready. And then it clicked for me. And I was like, okay, okay. It's still not ready, but I, it, we're closer. You know, now I feel like now I'm in it. Now I can edit. I can sit here editing all day. And I, I know where I'm going toward. I know what I'm going towards. And it, the vision is in my head and it makes sense in my head. Mm-hmm. I typically talk to writers who, I'm talking about their first book yeah. debut, this debut, that, whatever, whatever, whatever. You published a well-acclaimed poetry collection a few years yeah. ago. Mm-hmm. And so I'd love to just ask, like, you know, we talk about art and 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 a lot, but this is also a business. Did you feel pressure? Like, did you, like, while writing this, that this has to uphold what I did with this poetry collection? Yes, I absolutely felt so much pressure. It was, um, you know, and also with the poetry book, like, it's again it's these it's the stuff where and you know it's it's such a joy to have this be the story but to like have written a book and been like okay I'm writing this book and we'll see and then to have the book do what the book did and be like oh my god now I feel all this pressure you know and um and and I think that every kind of act of art making is a retraining out of that and it's a real death of the ego like every time that you show up to make a new piece of art part the old part of you dies and it's Mm. um a new part of you is asking to be listened to and asking to be reborn and in that too is you're on some baby wobbly legs like you're really out here especially going from you know a book of poetry to a book of fiction fiction is not a thing I've formally studied it's not Mm. a thing I've taken workshops in it's not a thing I've you know I don't have a lot of um uh quote-unquote like a formal craft background in fiction and you know in poetry I do do when I don't like I you know I I dropped out of my MFA I did this stuff but I was I'm a kundi like poetry was my world like there Mm -hmm. there I even if it wasn't like academic formal training it was my world and fiction is not and so there was really a way of going into something new and going into the the great unknown of this and and saying I I'm going to make something here and I think that there was a there was just a moment too where like during the process of writing the book where I deactivated all my social media Mm -hmm. I stepped away from every single thing I like and I really really was like I am prepared to die like I'm prepared to like you know metaphorically in that Mm -hmm. way of like being like I am here to usher this book in this book is unlike anything I have made before everything I made for before does not matter. And what matters is what this book is. And so I think that, you know, that process uh, and, and just being like, and people might like it and they might not. And that's mm-hmm. just, it's just what it is. And, uh, and allowing for that to be the kind of process is um, really scary and it's really humbling. And I don't know a lot of other career paths other than art that has a component of that you know I think that in most other career paths you build upon what you've already done and it's like you're escalating in that way and I think a lot of times in art it's actually quite the opposite it's you forget everything that you've done you let the water wash it away and you start brand new at the start of every single project and that is terrifying (laughs) yeah Yeah. and and like because this is a completely different beast writing fiction as opposed to a book of poetry or even like writing for television 
how early were you sharing work or did you keep it pretty guarded for a while for, for this project? I kept it pretty guarded for a very long time. And for me too, for poetry, there is a way where, you know, I think that there's this myth of the writer as like being very isolated and being, you, you keep mm-hmm. your thing and then you release it into the world and it's brilliant. And that's just honestly not my experience of being a writer, my experience of being a writer and especially coming up through poetry and particularly having my origins in spoken word poetry was you wrote and you shared instantly to the people around you and they gave you feedback and you performed on stages and you could feel if the audience liked your poem or if they didn't and you had to make an assessment about why and it, it's very vulnerable and you know there there was a way where you the poems were alive in space for a long long time before they were in the book they were written about they were i mean they i, I performed them they were published they were this stuff and with the novel that's a lot more difficult to do and I think that there's a way where with the novel it it was the piece of work that I had that had the least eyes on um like my uh, some of my closest friends who are readers on most of my work didn't read it you know Mm -hmm. and it was like a thing of being like and not because of anything or whatever just because the format of the novel it's like we're talking about 300 page you know it's a very hefty novel and so there's a different kind of engagement with it and so this novel to me it felt like it was something that was very much mine for a very Mm -hmm. long time and it was one that I incubated by myself for a very long time and um you know, and with the eyes of like my editor and my agent on it. And even then moments where I was like, I'm not going to send you anything for months at a time. Like I'm, I'm working on this here and no one is seeing it. And it's just me doing this thing. And so this, this book, and you know, there's no excerpts of it published uh, online yet, you know, there's a way. And um, so there's a very way where this book, as it's coming out, has been a very private affair that yeah. is now reaching. And, you know, I de- like I said, I deactivated all my social media. I kind of like really stepped away. And I think that there is a moment where this is received, being received for the first time in real time as it's coming out. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's like nerve wracking you know? <laughs> and exciting and, yeah. and, and, you know, and, and interesting to even see like, how it's being received now when the book isn't out yet you know <laughs> yeah. there, there's still a few more weeks before the book comes out yeah yeah and like you know i think i i even got the book later than i normally get books even and that could have just been like you know i did i didn't ask for it early enough type of thing but it is interesting i i, I see where you're coming from it's just especially for someone with a known name yeah. for multiple reasons to know nothing about the book almost. Like, I think it yeah. wasn't even on my radar until I got an email, which is pretty rare for me. You yeah. know? Like, I think that that was the kind of thing was people were like very much not aware of it. And then they yeah. were like, well, your book is coming out. <laughs> and then they were like, wait a minute, it's long listed for the National Book Award. And I was like, yeah, I don't know either. Like we're just seeing as it's coming. And I think that kind of thing of just yeah. being like, yeah, like it's just coming. The way it's coming is how it's being birthed. And I am, I feel like I'm just in observation of it. Like, yeah. like, oh, okay, cool. And it's so different than, you know, the poetry book. It's so yeah. different than if they come for us. Yeah. And then, you know, we talked about your poetry. You mentioned screenwriting. You have a work of a fiction out or coming out. Are you able to work on all different types of art at the same time? Or do you have to kind of shift your focus? It really depends. And what I've realized is I can kind of work on two genres at the same time and mm-hmm. be okay. 
if it kind of taps into more than that, I get a little bit overwhelmed. And so, um, and there's just moments where like I wrote and directed a short film Mm -hmm. at the same time that I was writing um, the novel. As I was also writing the novel, I was in the, I was in the writer's room for Miss Marvel. Um, And um, so there, there was, there's a way where like the novel could work in tandem with screenwriting and directing in a certain kind of way until it didn't. Like there was also moments where everything had to shut off and all I was focused on was the novel. Um, With poetry, I think poetry is kind of a, it's an interesting one in that it, it requires for me a lot of softness, a lot of quiet and a lot of calm. And so sometimes I'm just not in the place where I can do that. And when I'm balancing like a bunch of different things, like it's, you know, it gets a little tricky for me to do that. Um, but then, but it, it also is one where like, I can write a poem in the middle, in, in the break between yeah. things, or I can write, I can do stuff like that. But, um, it, you know, there, and I also can do, I can write poems and screenwrite at the same time. It's, it's a little bit more difficult for me to write the novel and write the poems at the same time, or to write fiction and write um, poems at the same time. Mm-hmm. I notice that that's when I struggle. And so it's, it's a lot easier for me when I'm able to, um, uh, w- when the certain when I listen to what the certain genres want from me, yeah, uh, you mentioned Miss Marvel. What I'll briefly ask about it. That's cool. Like writing for <laughs> like Marvel, right? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, oh, go ahead. No, no, go. Oh, I was gonna say I have seen. You know, I'm I'm part of. I like pop culture, right? And uh-huh, then, uh-huh. but since like not to get nerdy about it, but like the end of the Thanos arc or whatever, all the new shows, I think I've only watched two. It was Hawkeye and Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. And what I'm, what I'm fascinated about is like the quietness and like the real realness of them, as opposed to like this grandiose, not that like, obviously it's a superhero story, but uh, yeah, I didn't even realize you were a writer on it until I like, saw it in the credits. Like, you know, like for that. That's episode. another <laughs> thing where people were like, huh? Like yeah. we didn't know that that was what you're doing. And I was like, yes, I have signed, I signed many NDAs. So there's yes, a reason we didn't know what yeah. I was doing until it came out. But, um, but I think that, yeah, with the Mar with the MCU and, and the, you know, as you're saying those shows, and I think that there, there, there's such relief in being able to tell quiet superhero mm-hmm. stories, which is such an oxymoron, but it's, <laughs> there is a, a really big relief in being able to sit with Kamala and to be like, yeah she's a teenager and I think that that kind of thing of just being like you can kind of do you can create stories at so many scales like I think about for example when we are sisters which is so it also follows a teenage protagonist for for the bulk Mm -hmm. of the book um and you know you also follow closer when they're younger and when they're older Mm -hmm. but there's a very different character than someone like Kamala like a very very and and they're of quote unquote, the same background. And yet they're, they're having very different experiences of what that background is. And I think that, um, that kind of thing around, like, what does it mean to be quiet story, a quiet storyteller or or tell stories quietly and then how, and at the scale of the feeling, like, sometimes I think that that's what a poem is, is telling a story at the scale of a feeling. And, you know, when you embed that into something that's as big as Marvel, you get this kind of quiet storytelling that I think can be really beautiful and really mm-hmm. necessary in a world that's so dominated by like stakes where it's like the end of the world or not, you know, like th- there's these moments of having just such a, a quietness that I think is really important. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to ask too much about, or I'm not going to ask about Marvel. I do want to ask the idea of like adapting though, because mm-hmm. that is fascinating to me. What, what, how, what's your approach? How do you, what do you look for in a source material to bring, bring elsewhere 
to me, it's just like, am I excited by it? Like if I read a sort of, if I see, if I read something and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so compelled by this, that, and then I'm like, I want that, mm-hmm. that's calling for me to adapt. And it's so interesting because there are projects that have come my way that I've thought like, well, maybe I should, ad- or like before I read it, like, oh yeah, I'm reading this for an adaption. And then I read it and I'm like, it's not for me. And then there's, mm-hmm. There's books that so surprise me that I'm like, or or comics that so surprise me or podcasts that so surprise me that I'm like, wait a minute, like I'm mm. so obsessed with this. Like this has piqued something in me that wants to be explored and then therefore is worthy of the exploration of that. And I think that um, that is kind of something that I think is really, really important is just what speaks to you and it doesn't have to make logical sense and then there's stuff where like you know with with miss marvel in particular like it was only five years of publishing before we made her i think or maybe even a little bit less maybe i'm not exactly Mm -hmm. sure but we most superhero things you're talking 25 years of publishing that exists so there's a very robust world and even then tv writers have to put so much elbow grease into making that character like real and whole and i that with with her there was just there was just such you know the publishing is incredible and so beautiful but there was only so much and so we were just like we care about this world and we're building out this world you know and this is what we want to do and this is how Mm -hmm. we want to do this in a nuanced way and so sometimes I think that there are things that you read that you're like this is it just just should be straight up this like there's not that much that you want to do that's different and then there's stuff that you read that you're like um wow, like we can just let it breathe a lot more and we can allow for a lot more to be explored here. Yeah. I like the idea of like art, literature, especially exciting, exciting you. And and I think, you know, I read a lot and I'm sure you do and multiple people out there, numerous people read a lot and things are like damn good. It's like, yes, this yeah. is amazing. Or this knocked my socks off. But yeah. like, how often do you get excited after you read something? Is it like what what is the level of like this actually excites me yeah like i think that um that and i can tell when i'm burnt out when i've been reading things mm-hmm. and it me. yeah all right all right yeah it was right. great beautiful writing oh yeah amazing. beautiful but, whatever it's yeah. just whatever and then i think that there are moments where i'm just like riveted and i'm like yeah. oh my god and it's surprising what brings it up because mm-hmm. sometimes it is like a thing that I didn't think was going to do it. And then I'm just like in it, you know, and I'm like locked in it and I'm like, this is so exciting. And this is so, this is just so beautiful. And so I think that, um, you know, it, and I, I notice when I'm, when I'm not, it, it, so much of it has to just do also with my own burnout. Like when yeah. I'm, when I'm in a place to really receive so much is beautiful to me, you know, and yeah. there's a lot that can be, I can find riveting. And then when I'm in a place where I'm uh, yeah. burnt out, I'm like, it, the most beautiful thing can be hard to receive. So, yeah, yeah. well, that makes sense. And and I love to wrap up. I want to thank you for your time um, again. And I'd love to wrap up with like, what have you been reading? What's on your mind? Yeah. So I just started to read this book of short stories called people want to live by farah lee and it's so good like i was like this is so good they're all all the stories i said in pakistan it's it's really 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 beautiful um i'm like just so excited by it um i um have been reading um there's like some books that i've been reading that are like not quote unquote like or or they're not like fiction or yeah but um 
like I've been reading like Polysecure and I think that that's a really good book and like really fascinating. Um, I, um, you know, there's a lot of books that have come out this year that I'm really excited by, like Girls Who Never, Girls That Never Die by Safi Hello, I think is like an incredible book. Um, and, and just so deeply, such a deeply, deeply moving and beautiful piece of art that I think is incredible. Um, and I have a bunch of books that I just ordered actually. So I have like Ethel Adnan's Journey to Mount um, Tamalpais and I'm really, really excited to read that. And I just, mm. I love Ethel Adnan. I think that they're just an incredible writer. Um, and um, yeah, and I think that there's just, so there's like a bunch of books that I'm starting to see myself just like itch to read and really yeah. be excited to read. Um, and that is really exciting to me. It's like in the space where I'm just like, oh, I just want to read like that. I love being in that space. And that um, that's one that I'm excited about. Thank you so much to Fatima for coming on the podcast to talk about the debut novel, When We Were Sisters. You can follow Fatima on her website, FatimaOscar.com, on Twitter and Instagram at Oscar the Grouch. You can follow Day Beautiful at Day Beautiful on all social media and at DayBeautiful.net. As always, I'm Adam. This is Day Beautiful, and you're all beautiful. Beautiful.